This is Channel 253. Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We, we fly, fly Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on alaskaair.com. One, two, two. Interchangeable. White Ladies. Welcome to the Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast. I'm Hope. I'm Annie. Our essential question today, how can we understand the slow-cooked misogyny of male-dominated professions? Our guest today is going to help us unpack this complicated metaphor of a question. Welcome, Kat Peterson, to the show. Hello, hello, hello. So Catherine Peterson is a physics teacher and a soccer coach, Mm -hmm. one of the hosts of the Flounders B Team, one of our fellow podcasts in the Channel 253 network. And she also is the original creator, award winner, I I don't even know how to say it. The namesake of the Teachers United Cat Peterson Award for Courage. And so we're going to hear a bit about all those things today. And I'm so excited, especially about the slow cook misogyny. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about that well, idea? So <laughs> this came up because we realized we had this epiphany, which was not an epiphany for Cat because she lives her life. But um, Hope and I were like, oh, Cat works in science. That's mostly dudes. Oh, Cat's a coach. That's mostly dudes. Wonder what that's like for Kat. So we wanted to talk to her about it. And that's why she's here today. You guys make me sound so awesome. I you are be, awesome. I want to be my friend now. <laughs> so why don't you start off by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Like where are you from? How'd you grow up? How'd you get sucked into these male dominated fields? Yeah. What's your story? Uh so I grew up in Tenino, Washington. Um, oh. so for those of you who don't know where that is, um, it's a very small town, a little bit south of Olympia, uh, pretty rural, um, 99.9% bunch of white people mm-hmm. living on farms. Um, I grew up on a farm with my dad. My mom was not really in the picture. We raised uh, beef cattle. Uh, we grew our own vegetables, pigs, things like that. Um, we had, I think, it's like 10 acres or so. Uh, farmland that we all maintain. It was me, my two sisters, and my three cousins. My dad took in, and uh, so you know, pretty like family run operated. Grew most of the vegetable and beef and stuff for ourselves. Um, cool. But like whatever extra we had, we would sell. Right, it's kind of expensive to raise six kids. My yeah, dad's a mechanic, totally. so yeah. you know things were a little bit tight. Um, and so raised by a single father, which I think benefits me hmm. in these male-dominated fields. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I love my dad very much, but growing up and watching him is pretty much a womanizer. Mm. Like, he has a good heart. I love the man. He is <laughs> the best man I know. I wouldn't trade him for anyone. But, like, I watched him say some pretty terrible things yeah. about women. Interesting. Mm. Um, and so I think maybe that experience helps me in my fields just because I kind of can navigate it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, graduated from high school, went to CC, couldn't figure out what I wanted to do with my life, so I traveled yeah. around a little bit, worked at Disney World, lived in what? Ireland for a little bit. <laughs> you went to Disney World? I yeah. What? I worked at Disney World. Wow. Uh, Wait, what did you do at Disney World? I worked at the Polynesian Hotel and Resort. Um, <laughs> cool. And that's another layer did of Did you have to wear a stuff. skirt? And no, like, it dress was dress up weirdly. It was actually yeah, I did have to dress yeah. up weirdly. It was like the worst uniform anyone's ever had to wear. They were like these high waisted like 
gaucho khaki pants. What? Yeah, and like this Interesting. like re- it was I mean it was like a crop top, but because the pants were so high it wasn't, it wasn't really a crop a top. top. It was like a crop top Hawaiian button the up pants shirt. Can- like, the pants it was canceled out the crop top for shame bell of the day. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. It was yeah. horrible. Um and you know, that was my first like experience with culture, like with people who didn't look oh, yeah. like me, sound like me. So that was cool. Um, steep learning curve for me. And then lived in Ireland for a little bit, came back, figured out, you know, I've always really liked science. Um, mm-hmm. It was always really interesting to me. Geology was always really interesting. But like, I was like, well, you can't like get a job with geology. What do you do? Look at rocks all day? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a museum right. or something. Be a geology so, professor. <laughs> right. So I, I always thought about it more of like a hobby than yeah. anything else. But so I like started looking into some programs at Evergreen um, in Olympia. And, you know, I decided I'd need to do something with my life like we grew up pretty poor and I was like I knew the only way to elevate myself out of poverty was to go to school Mm. and like I just had to do it you know so I went back and this for the first time in my life loved learning like evergreen changed everything for me um, which is what kind of led me into being a teacher because I was like what learning can be amazing this is awesome you know yeah um so when I hear you talk about high school your high school experience was very disconnected from learning uh yeah just it was not a good time I I liked high school like Mm -hmm. I was good at high school I did sports I was in band like to be fair like being in band was cool in tonight because like there was 12 of us (laughs) in the town so everyone was in band um so like I was like really involved in everything you know um but like and I was pretty smart i didn't have to study or anything yeah. i got good grades um and so like it was learning wasn't really what i thought school was about i guess yeah. you know okay, okay. and yes. so like i bombed my first quarter at evergreen like it was so hard i was like <laughs> and like for the first time i had to study and i was studying so much that i was like i have to be getting good grades and then like, i got my first set of grades and i was like I, which aren't grades, right? It's yeah. like a your evaluations. Fifth, fifth week evaluation, yep. and then they're yep. like basically like you're an idiot. And I was like, <laughs> what? But I did all this work, so I had to learn real quick how to study. But like, it was such a different experience for me. Um, and at the same time, I started uh, going to Evergreen. I started coaching mm-hmm. in Tenino, where I went to high school. Oh, so okay. that was my first experience coaching, um, which wasn't a very good experience in the sense that like. I didn't really have a great mentor because mm. um, mm. I was the assistant coach. And um, so, That can you know, make it really hard if you're, like, just getting into it and you don't have somebody to, to be there with you to kind of be like, this is how you coach, right? Yeah. Yeah, you had to probably learn a lot on your own. Yeah, and so, like, I mean, I had played soccer for, to, at that point, probably, like, 20 years, mm. 18 yeah. years, somewhere between 18 and 20 years. And so... I had my like playing experience, but I had no coaching yeah. experience, mm-hmm. no training or anything like that. Yeah, um, it's a different set of skills. Yeah, like what yeah. do you think is the biggest difference actually? Because I feel like it's one of those things where people are like, if you can't do teach, which we all know is like such dog crap, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. And so I wonder if that's a similar thing with coaching. People are like, well, you played, so you can just coach. No, so okay. like, it's just. I mean, it's just like teaching, right? Yeah. You have to be able to break down such complex ideas. <laughs> yeah. To in such a simple way yeah. that that someone can understand them and then physically do that same thing with their body. Mm, so it's like mm. this added layer of teaching, maybe yeah. like teaching drama or something, yeah. you know. Um, and so even but there's been amazing players who couldn't be great coaches right. and there's been mediocre players who have been great coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and it and it's just because you understand the game um, mm-hmm. and you're a good instructor or a good teacher does doesn't mean like 
it says you can be a great coach, but just because your body can't do those things that yeah. you're explaining, yeah. do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so you could be like a mediocre player, an average player, but be a decent coach, mm-hmm. and you can be an excellent player, right? Yeah. But we get you get stuck in yeah. that expert. Mm-hmm. place where it's like why can't you just do this thing just kick the ball like right. I told you to you know and yeah. people get frustrated yeah. so it's like if you can't you know, it's the patience and the and the ability to really break it down yeah and so yeah so I finished my time at Evergreen and I was still coaching um, but my second year coaching in Tenino there was a new head coach um, and that actually probably was the best mentor that I had cool. as far as That's soccer awesome. coaching goes yeah um, and so I decided at the end of Evergreen, I was like, well, I really wanted to do geologic mapping, which is like the most obscure. <laughs> I love that you still want to do geology. That's You're awesome. like holding like before that. Geology was one of my favorite classes at Western. <laughs> now I, I know what people, kind of gifts I'm going to say. Yeah. People made fun of me because they were like, oh, what <laughs> science are you taking? I was like, geology rocks for jocks. But then I actually took, <laughs> I know that's what they call it at Western. But then I went and took geology and I was like, oh no, geology is actually difficult and extremely fun. <laughs> it's extremely difficult. It's biogeochemistry right. and physics all in one. Right. It's not just looking at rocks, no. which is really fun and which I can spend a, a lot of time doing. Which is one of the fun parts it. about geology. <laughs> but, but like it's actually very complex. Yeah, there's right? a lot going on with geology. It's not just looking at rocks. And so I, I wanted to make geologic maps, which I don't know how many of you know this, are not a lot of jobs doing that. Um, <laughs> so I was like, well, you know, my older sister is a teacher. Maybe that's something that I could explore hmm. and, and be interested in. So I applied um, to the master's in teaching program at UPS. Actually, it's master's of arts in teaching at UPS. And um, did that. And actually thought I made a huge mistake when I was doing my practicum. I did a practicum (laughs) out in university place. Um, And it wasn't like the mentor teacher or anything. It was just like, I was like, this is so boring. These kids don't talk. (laughs) Nobody's doing anything. Like, what is this? I was like, this is a very expensive mistake I've made. (laughs) and then I did a second practicum out at Wilson, and I had a good, really good mentor teacher. And I was like, okay, maybe this wasn't such a mistake. And then I did my student teaching placement out in Clover Park, and I was like, everything connected. And I was like, and that's where I met Kat. Yeah, but I mostly only knew her during her student teaching from like afar. Yeah, it'd be yeah. like she'd run in and like go to hey, work. Hey, I know your face. Yeah, and then I'd I like was... talk to her. Who's your mentor teacher? I forget. Uh, was it Jessica and Phil? That's right. Yeah, and so like they would talk about how amazing she was, and then I'd yeah. see her like running around. I was oh, like, well, yeah. she always looks like she's doing work. And, like, uh, she's well, it's because like kids. I run so at the highest stress anxiety level <laughs> that a human being can function at at most times so yeah what well, was really um, like your a, reputation proceeded yeah. yeah and then Definitely. I left I ended up leaving Clover Park that end of that year and so I kind of missed that loop when you yeah. actually started working there. yeah yeah what so, was it about Clover Park um that like sealed it for you um <clears throat> so like I, so if we're being completely honest, yeah. um, so like I was in a relationship with somebody who had gone to Clover Park and uh-huh. grew up in the community and had a very negative mm-hmm. um, school experience, felt very isolated by teachers and like his perspective didn't matter and he happened to be a black man and mm-hmm. and like hearing stories about how he was treated even from like kindergarten yeah. all the way. He didn't go – I mean he went to school in Olympia when he was in kindergarten but like – Teachers like his kindergarten teacher calling him the N word, like, and just like his entire experience all the way through school. And I was like, you know, if I can just like not be that, Mm -hmm. I don't have to be an amazing teacher, but I (laughs) can just not be that for a student. Yeah, like not get in a student's way because I think a lot of times people are like, oh, I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna save all these kids and I'm gonna, I'm gonna help them and. And then their lives are going to be so much better because of me. I'm just trying to not get in their way. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they, yeah. they're going to figure it out on their own. 
Yeah. These kids are resourceful. They're smart. They're determined. Yep. You know, they already have what they need. They need people to not get in their way. Mm-hmm. So I could kind and of think about it that the person way. that's like in their way. Yeah. Too, right. Right. By right. Being that person who's not in their you way. You facilitate yeah. their learning instead of being a roadblock. Right. And if I can, yeah. if I can advocate along the way and and help them in any way, of course I will. But like yeah. I'm not. <clears throat> under any impression I'm saving anyone. Yeah. They don't yeah. need saving. They just yeah. need people yeah. to, you know, let them do their thing. And that's kind of like what I really liked about Clover Park. There are such incredible educators there, right? So mm-hmm. I had two really incredible mentor teachers, um, uh, Philip Hontay and Jessica Wheeler, who, you know. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out. <laughs> I'm sure they're listening. Even though Phil's <laughs> like, hey. Phil's like, how do I work a computer? <laughs> um <laughs> And so, and, like, on top of that, like, you, right, oh, Joe Boyer, Boyer, Sarah Nainby, like, just these amazing edu- – uh, um, Paige. Yeah. Like, just amazing educators doing things that, like, I was mm-hmm. like, yes, yes, this is what I felt like learning at Evergreen. And mm-hmm. this is what people are doing for kids here. Yeah. And the population of students, like, they're just so – nice mm. nice genuine kind human beings who want to like share with you right yeah the complete opposite experience i had in up where like no one talked ever mm-hmm. and it's just like felt like a community or family yeah. or yeah. you know like it just felt like home yeah you know yeah. and so i was like yes this is where i want to be these are the kids i want to work with and you know i got opened up to like a whole new thing i didn't even know existed which was like um sheltered ELL classes yeah. teaching working with ELL students yeah. which is like a passion of mine now and so um then you know I worked at Clover Park for three years before I went to Lincoln and mm-hmm. this go, Abes. Second, go Abes Yay. my second year there and um I coached for two years when I was at Clover Park uh, and then I've coached both years I've been at Lincoln. Has I'll be it? the head girls coach again next year. That's cool. really cool. We love having you as a head coach. Um, <laughs> I was wondering about that. So, like, what's it like to do your full-time teacher? You are a full-time coach off out of the classroom. So, like, what's that like? How do you balance your life? <laughs> or do you? Her face is like, uh. I wouldn't say it's balanced by any means. So yeah. my boyfriend also is a teacher and he coaches at FOSS. And so we mm-hmm. have a very similar schedule. Well, and so like, great. Yeah. And so like that makes it work, I think. You yeah. know, if one of us was like at home waiting for the other one, I'm sure <laughs> right. somebody would get really perturbed and really annoyed. Um <laughs> But, like, since, you know, he's coaching after school, I'm coaching after mm-hmm. school. You know, we do an extra hour than yeah. Foss does, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm already there a little bit later than he is. And so he, what he does is he waits an hour for practice to start and then starts oh, his practice. Cool. And so nice. like, it works because we have a similar schedule. Yeah. As far as, like, balance, I don't do things. Um, and so. Wait, like, you don't do things in balance or you just I don't, don't do, do things? things. So, <laughs> so, like, I do my job, right? I do yeah. my teaching. Well, I do my thing. coaching. And then, you know, on the weekends, because I coach, I go to the field right after school. Yeah. Yeah. That's usually when I get all my grading and planning done. Oh, cool. Um, and so, yeah, would it be great to not have to take my work home? That's not really an option for me. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not going to complain about it because yeah. these are the choices I've made. Yes, these yeah. are things I want to do. Yeah. But also, you are a really good teacher and you're also a really good coach. So it's like when you are in the classroom, you're like bringing 100% and bringing 100% yeah. to the field, right? So you've figured out a way to make it work for yourself, which not everybody can find mm-hmm. can do that, right? Like yeah. you have a – you figured it out. So. Well, and there are things I sacrifice, right? And I talk about this sometimes like with the my like physics partner – um, and it's like, I feel like I miss out on a lot of opportunities mm. as far as teaching goes. Like, like I'm not sought after to like go to these 
trainings or these oh, conventions yeah, sure and busy, things, yeah. right? People don't put me on that that list. Gotcha. So like I miss out on a lot of stuff mm-hmm. because of that. But it's like these are the sacrifices you have to make if you want if I want to do the second part of my life, which yeah. is coaching. And it's really mm-hmm. important to you. And so like yeah. yeah, it is important to me and I really enjoy it. Um like I'm not on that level with Masaki Matsumoto where it's like coaching you know like I feel like coaching is really just like you know his life that's like what his passion, passion is project. you know like yeah. and then he also teaches or like teaching is my passion yeah and I also coach you know yeah. and I think that's okay I mean eventually yeah. some some I'm gonna get the girls possibly maybe the boys to a place where it's like I can't I can no longer elevate you so someone else will have to take my spot yeah. Yeah. I'll take you where I can get you because you know that the level of coach I'm at, yeah. Um, then somebody else is going to have to come help you because I can't get you farther. You know, yeah. Because teaching is my main focus. Mm-hmm. Can we delve into the coaching a little bit and then slide over the teaching mm-hmm. stuff? So, um, thinking about like high high school athletics, you've been doing it for how many years now? Coaching, yeah. <laughs> I've, well, Since... I've played for four. I've been coaching a total of eight seasons. Right. Nice. So, thinking about that, what are some of the challenges that you notice specifically that are you think are unique to high school athletics and coaching girls and boys soccer? Like as a woman, or just in general? Either, both. Um, Maybe start as in general, and then specifically as a woman. Well, so if we think about high school athletics um, in general. So I taught, I coached for four years at Tenino, coached for two years at Clover Park, and then I coached, I've coached for two years at Lincoln, and those are all separate leagues, mm-hmm. Tenino being the smallest, mm-hmm. then Clover Park, then Lincoln, right? And so the level, right, the leagues are different um, based off of the different schools that you play, um, and to some degree it's random, right? It has mm-hmm. to be the same size school, whatever, and they try to keep it within the same proximity. Um, but if you think about it, like... Uh, like at Lincoln, we play Stadium, Wilson, um, <laughs> Mount Tahoma, Spanaway Lake, Bethel, Bonnie Lake, and I'm forgetting somebody, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Me neither. It's okay. <laughs> uh, uh, They're out there. Yeah. Say and X, so, like Zion. And so, you know, some uh, some of us have very similarities in our student population yeah. as far as um, socioeconomic status or, you know, our, our level of diversity, and some of us don't. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at stadium, like, those girls all play at Premier League, the best clubs, um, all year round, and most of them play together, at least, like, you know, there's pods of them that play together yeah. on this team, pods of them that play together on this team, and then they come back for the, you know, the school season and play together. Yeah. <clears throat> and they have three teams, right? They have enough mm. girls who turn out for three teams. Last year I had enough girls turn out so I could have a varsity team. Yeah. Um, and two of them played rec soccer outside of school. Yeah. And so, you know, I could be uh, Zendaday Zidane and mm-hmm. not be able to win the league. Like, yeah. it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't, honestly, it doesn't matter who I am as far as like the coaching goes. Like, I have two months to get these girls to the place where these these stadium girls, like, that's not really what's going to happen. And so for me, as far as, like, high school athletics, I think about it, depending on, like, where you are, what do you focus on, really? Mm -hmm. You focus on culture. So I focus a lot on with the girls. Like, we're a part of a team. We work really hard Mm -hmm. together. We love each other. Mm -hmm. We're going to work hard so that we can become strong women, competitive women, independent women, Mm -hmm. right? It's more about, like, building that character, building that culture. Because, 
at least if they get along and they like each other and mm-hmm. they're developing their character to be better people, yeah. the losing doesn't hurt as much, right? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're losing together. We're a team. We yeah. lose together. Yeah. Like, we we fight really hard to not lose together. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when we do win, we win together. Yeah. And so I focus more on that, right? I'm yeah. still teaching them skills. Um, and depending where you're at, that also changes, right? Can I teach patterns of play? Mm-hmm. Um you know, can I can I teach a system to play in versus can I teach basic technical skills? Then right. I'm at the place where, you know, I can't teach patterns of play or a system because I can't girls can't pass a ball. So I can't they don't have the technical yeah. skills. Yeah. So like yeah. if you can't pass a ball, needs. I can't tell you, you know, like we're gonna run this formation and this is how we're gonna play, we're gonna use the wing to do this and that because they can't cross the ball in. So yeah. Yeah. You know, so you know have to Think about the group of people that you have and, and the realities of what they can do mm-hmm. and find out, like, what's going to be – well, and what your definition of success is, right? Right. What's going to help me be the most successful and what does yeah. success look like? To me, success looks like the girls get along. We have a good time. We get better. Mm-hmm. We become better people. We become better soccer players. We become be- better athletes, right? Mm-hmm. And so as far as, like, high school athletics, that's kind of how I think about it. Would it be great to win? Heck yeah. I hate losing. I'm like the most overly competitive human being on the planet. Like True. I, I, sit, I sit in my car after every game and I cry. I will not cry in front of people, but I sit in my game. I guarantee you, if you come down to the bowl and you go and look at my car, I'm sitting there crying because I'm just frustrated because, yeah. you know, I give everything I have to soccer. When I'm not doing teaching, I'm giving everything I have to soccer. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. from... Uh, the end of August yeah. to November is girl season. Then we have a little bit of break for winter. Then I start up with the boys, right, for the spring mm-hmm. season. And then once boys are done, I start w- with some workouts for girls. Yeah. And and I invite some of the boys too, right? But, you know, I'm the head coach for the girls and I'm the assistant coach for the boys. So sure. my main focus is the girls. Yeah. And I don't want to disrupt that, like, that balance that we have on our team. So it's like if I invite all the boys, right, the girls aren't going to work the same way because mm-hmm. they're adolescent teenage girls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> True. Good and point. so I guess I think about it that way. Um, and then, you know, as far as like things I, I've experienced as a coach, not necessarily just as a woman, like teaching in diverse schools. Yeah. Um, we had a referee this year who um, just was pretty, pretty much awful. So this year I had, Seven different languages spoke on my team. Yeah. Awesome. And, yeah, I mean, like, most of it was English and Spanish, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, we'll have plenty of kids who can translate back and forth in Spanish. Yeah. But then there's Vietnamese, there's Thai, yeah. there's a North African dialect of French. And so, and it's like, and to be fair, the Spanish dialects are all different, too. Right, yeah. Because it's yeah. Guatemalan. <laughs> yeah, it's, right. You, yeah. you know, like, it's it's not just... Spanish, which right. I don't think a lot, a lot of people realize that there are different dialects. So, so many right? dialects and yeah. dialects. And, yeah. that, and that, like, when you're talking to somebody, yeah, they get the big idea, but, like, those fine details are missed when you're not yeah. right. speaking yeah. the same dialect. Colloquialism right. and idioms. And, and so I speak very terrible Spanish. Um, <laughs> and How's most your French? Of, How's your North African French? <laughs> my, my French is not Trabian. Um, <laughs> and so, and so you know, most of, most of the Spanish I know is either from from working with ELL students yeah. or working with my soccer team. And so I know, like, some phrases, right? Yeah. I don't know like, any— the ball. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pasa la pelota. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm really good. Donde esa tu tarea? Like, where's your homework? <laughs> um, and so, you know, but, like, I don't know any Vietnamese or Thai. Yeah. And I'm not going to pretend like I do. Yeah. Um, 
And so we had a, uh, someone who had just come from Thailand, you know, his mom and dad had just got married, and they, you know, and he came here with his mom. And, n- like, no English. Like, yeah. I'm doing, like, hand signals. I'm pointing. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like trying to make a glad pictorial out on the soccer field. <laughs> like, like, you need butcher paper you know? out there. And yeah. it's just, like, a sweet kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, he is out there. He's working hard. And the ref's yelling at him to do something. And doesn't look at the ref because he has no idea the ref is even talking yeah. to him because yeah. it all sounds the same right like it's all just right it's all just like nonsense. set noises to yeah. him right yeah. and so then the ref's yelling at me because he won't listen to him i'm like he doesn't know english like yeah. nothing and he's like well how do you talk to him and i got that from like other teams too well if he doesn't speak english how do you talk to him i don't obviously i don't know if you've noticed this i'm yeah. clearly <laughs> doing clearly all these hands we have, like, we have yeah. improvised communication which works for us yes so like we figured it out and besides us. it's not any of your business how i communicate with him yeah. like Worry about yourself. And so eventually it just ended up this guy was, like, going to give him a red card because he wouldn't listen to him because he was like, well, maybe he'll understand the color of my card. Yeah, he knows what a red card is. Yeah. But he's not going to understand why. Yeah. And so I just said. And to what end? Like, are you just penalizing exactly. him for nothing? Like, exactly. That's not a real answer. You're, You're penalizing him because he doesn't he, speak Because English. he doesn't speak English. Yeah. And yes. I, that's, that's what I said. I said, <laughs> I said that's, that's just discrimination, sir. Yeah. And, you. you know, and like my um, my head coach stepped in too and he told him the same thing. And I think he knew him because Brian um, refs yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. And so like there was some more conversations <clears throat> and there was another incident with him later in the season. And we just oh, was yeah. decided that he just didn't need to come back to Lincoln and it's like that that ref mm-hmm. yeah. yeah do you, get, do you have choice good. in who the ref is who the refs um, is not, the refs not really the refs yeah. get to pick up their own jobs oh, okay. but like oh, okay. if you have a valid complaint and yeah. especially like that's one yeah. of the things like is a benefit of working with Brian as Brian knows a lot of referees and like shout out to Brian know, Lawson Brian hey. Lawson what's up um <laughs> And that, you know, like, Brian's a reasonable guy. No one's going to be like, yeah. Brian, you're crazy. You're making stuff up, right? And yeah. so it's like when you bring a genuine complaint like that, yeah. right? Like, People this listen. person is discriminating against our players, you know, then they take it pretty seriously. Yeah. Um. So. In terms of, like, coaching, have you found that most other soccer coaches are men? Is they that, are. Okay. Um, even that? even in girl soccer. So yeah. yeah, I've always wondered so. about that because that seems a bit like it's not like there's not lots of girls who've grown up and yeah. <laughs> played professionally. Like badass women back. who play soccer and yeah. then coach. Like what? How has that affected you as a coach? Is it something that you think about a lot? Or yeah, yeah, it makes me mad. Yeah, um, it's even happened like in our building. So there's things that happen, right? So there are literally zero other women who coach in the boys' soccer in our league. Yeah. And in my experience, in our district playoffs, I've also not seen a woman. Hmm. Um, so I haven't seen any women yeah. coaching in the boys. I know that there are some, or at least I've heard that there are some somewhere. There's a, if you're there's out a, there, a ladies, come somewhere. If you're out, out there, there, ladies, come find me. Yeah. We can find start a club. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, and oh, so God. I haven't seen them. And for the most part... Uh, the men just ignore me. Yeah. Um, and referees walk by me, and they like even in girl soccer. Even when I'm coaching girl soccer, they'll go to your JV coach, right, or like your assistant coach. Is what um, I've heard. They'll go to my assistant coach because he's a man. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the assistant coach who was coaching with me is a dude, and uh, so they would go to him or like my managers who are teenage boys, which what? they also look like teenage boys, and they're like yeah. goofing yeah. around. Like right. so, you went to the. The child yeah. who's goofing around because you thought they were the coach, not the person who was like in yep. full, full yeah. uniform. Wearing the telling, jacket that says tell, coach. Telling people what to do. And <laughs> right. like, With a badge. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. 
Well, because like I'm that, a woman. Yeah, that you might as well have a neon like flashing deep headdress that says "Coach, Coach, Coach." Even right. it wouldn't bias. even matter because no. like yeah. there's been times where like they go up to my assistant coach and I'm like, "Oh, hello," and I just like insert myself because right. like I don't like I just don't trust anyone to advocate for my for me. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it, and and because I'm a woman. It's seen as bossy, rude, bitchy, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I insert myself and say, I'm Catherine Peterson. I'm the head coach. How can I help you? Yeah. Yeah. And they will literally look at me and then look back to my assistant coach and continue their conversation. Yeah. Um, and so. That's awful. You know, like, and I can't, I can't blow up on them and I can't be mad at them and I can't, you know, like, and the girls see it when we, yeah. in, in girl season, they're like, why don't you say something? I'm, And I'm like. If I yell at them now, ladies, what do you think will happen during our yeah. game? Like, the game has not started yet. Let yeah. me, so you're thinking about the, you know? long, the trajectory, right, right, of the actions, which is ridiculous that you have to think about it at that level because what dude coach is thinking about their choice Zero. levels? Zero. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. No. And that's the thing. Like, I have to think about everything I say when I'm yep. coaching. You know, like, um, and I've heard it more so when I coach boys mm. um then i do when I, I i still hear it when i coach girls but it doesn't matter what i say i could be yelling instructions like pass the ball go here so and so tell this person this thing but like it's i'm seen as screaming or crazy yeah. or you know like, like shrill or, yeah exactly yeah. um and like and like i've heard things like this is why women shouldn't coach they're too emotional whatever whatever you know because <laughs> um I as I try to be a really good. I when I was a player, I was awful. I said horrible <laughs> things to referees, and I was like a disaster, right? Uh, I mean, when I play now, I still am. Just so we're clear. <laughs> uh, but like as a coach, my responsibility is to my girls or my boys, and to right. set an example. And yeah. my example is you don't act like a insane file. Um, <laughs> and so I try really hard to be respectful, you know, and. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how respectful I am, what the tone of my voice is, how calm I am when I say it. I'm a crazy bitch because I'm a Mm -hmm. woman and I'm addressing a concern Mm -hmm. against a man. Uh, I think there's one, two women ARs that I've seen. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, uh, yeah, it's like I have to think about how I say everything. And yeah. like how I how I physically project it because right. I don't want it to sound too high pitched, yeah, right? Yeah. Or you know, You're like dragging that inner deep voice. I'm like, let's go, lady. Let's <laughs> the ball. You um, should get one of those voice modulators that's like <laughs> drops your voice to like the creepy yeah. like. You get that like auto tune mic where yeah, like exactly. your I just voice and paint it. So awesome. Do you find um, so we were kind of talking about like the level with the coaches and the refs? What do you find about with students? Like, do you think students respond to you differently as a, a female coach? And then I don't know if you want to bring in the of like race is that a part of this factor at all yeah or is the coaching mostly white also um so in Tonino coaching was almost all white at Clover Park coaching was almost all Latin mm. well I'm gonna say Latina because I coached only girls there um um and so Lincoln is a, a, the most diverse place that yeah. I've ever taught or coached um and that's because you know like I have you know Every everything, everyone, you know, um, and so uh, with the boys, it is a huge factor. Um, I've had boys quit because they don't want to be coached by a woman, mm. um, and then I have had players who just can't find it in their heart to respect me the entire season, and mm. it's a then it's tense the whole time, but they stay for some reason, maybe because their friends are there or mm. they really like soccer, but mm. they just. They just never get to the point where they can, like, even show me that 
like basic decency. So their their actions to you indicate that, right? And do they say stuff to you, or is it just like the turn away and um, the eye roll? And the, is it the non? They wouldn't both say head? anything to me because they know that. Um, You're so empowered. I, I yeah, like like <laughs> yeah. it would just it would be hot. Like I would yeah. I would. They would be done, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I know that I've heard them say it to other other players, mm-hmm. um, and I've seen the eye rolls, mm-hmm. um, nonverbals. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's. And I mean, you know, honestly, it takes a a couple weeks, even or even more, to convince most of them. You know, and usually I just do it by showing them. Mm-hmm. We'll play, have a couple little competitions, and I always win. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> I I just make the point of it. I said I am better than you. I'm a 31 year old woman, yeah. and I am better I've been at playing this soccer than you. My entire life. <laughs> so yeah. I said, so whatever your issue is, whatever the problem mm-hmm. is, if you have a problem with me being a woman and coaching you, then you just need yeah. to get over it because Got I'm it. the coach. Got an issue? Grab a tissue because we're still <laughs> doing this. Yeah, take your feelings, put them in your pocket, <laughs> and for the most part, that that takes care of it. Yeah. You know, and for the most part, that takes care of it. This year, uh, there were there were a couple that I just couldn't convince, and it didn't matter. Um, yeah. And so there there were just issues the whole time and it takes a lot of patience. Um, and, you know, like it could be I could easily just be like, I'm done with you. Keep mm-hmm. you off the team. But what does that do? It doesn't teach them anything, you know. And, you know, maybe they didn't learn anything um, or maybe they still don't respect me or they still think I'm a bad coach or whatever. Um but to be honest, our boys' JV team finished in third behind Stadium and yeah. Wilson, and which is better than last year. Yeah. And we finished in fifth last year. And um, I know for a fact, like, I have boys that are like, you know, the thing I'm really good at coaching, I'm really good at coaching technical skill. I'm really good at coaching mm-hmm. kids who don't know how to play soccer. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there are kids who are really grateful for that. And and they'll say, you know, kids from last year, they were like, I'm a better player because That's of her, awesome. you know? Yeah. And it just so it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, people are like, your job must be so rewarding. Yeah. About five years later. <laughs> yeah. Right. About five years. Come see me in five years. Five years later. It's real, it's real so rewarding. Seriously. Yeah. Um, and with the girls, you know, it's not as much. Um, with the girls, it's more like, you know, there's that there's that anti-woman thing in adolescent teenagers, yeah. you know, like, are we going to have to compete with each other? Mm-hmm. And I don't. And like, so and it's weird because you're an adult, and right? They're not, and, but they're and, still, and they, but they still that, think like, like we've been all been who, raised. We got it. Well, and that's the thing is like, who's going to be the baddest bitch here, right? right and yeah. you know, that's the mentality. Yeah. Um. And so like, obviously, I, you the coach, though. <laughs> well, the thing is like, I'm not a very maternal person. Like, uh-huh. I don't have kids. I didn't have really have a mom, so like, I don't really know how to be like motherly. And like, that's some people's you know weigh in with kids that's not my way mm-hmm. i'm very strong i'm very like say it how it is yeah i'm very blunt and so that's just kind of how i tell tell the mm-hmm. girls and i and i approach them that way and like i'm only here to make you better and i promise to give you like 150% everything i do goes into to how can i make this better for the girls how can mm-hmm. i make this experience better how can i make it more successful for you um and the first year you know was hard because um, I got hired like the day before practice started, <laughs> right? Um, and so you don't really get a lot of time to build that stuff in. Yeah, last year was a lot better, um, even though like our record was worse, which was unfortunate because I really feel like those girls deserved some acknowledgement for yeah. how how hard they worked and how much better they got. It's just everyone else got better too. Yeah. like Stadium got second in state. Like yeah, yeah. Um, and so you know, 
uh, the girls aren't as hard to to convince that I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing is like I'm faster than every single girl out there, which shouldn't be like <laughs> again. I'm a 31 year old woman who is in okay shape. Like <laughs> teenage girls should be faster than me, and so it's like I think I I try to walk the talk right mm-hmm. i try to i i ask you to do something i'm going to show you that i can also do it. i'm yeah, never going to ask you right. to do something that i can't do or wouldn't that be makes me really to happy do. because when i was in track in high school i threw a shot put and my <laughs> um shot put coach um he would always show us this is how you throw the shot put but he would never put a shot put in his hand mm-hmm. he would just be like this is how you stand this is mm-hmm. how you shuffle this is how you throw the shot put and he would do it like like an air motion and I, I just always thought, and then he would make, he would, we would do like, we'd go in the weight room, we would do like running days, like we'd have all this stuff. He never ran, he never lifted anything. He mostly just sat and just like watched it happen. And so it makes me really happy that you do yeah. that because I feel like as a coach, like from a, from a athlete's perspective, that was never helpful. Yeah, no, right. I had a track coach who we would run up to the water tower in Tenino because you know that's what you do out in the country. Um, <laughs> I love it, but. They would follow us in their car. So, yeah. <laughs> like, like, okay. I and mean, we- <laughs> that being said, like, I had that w- a track wasn't obviously my main sport. Right. I had excellent soccer coaches. I mean, I wish I had better soccer coaches that, you know, they just couldn't invest in me the way that, like, I wish they could have because, mm. you know, they had other responsibilities. But, like, they were, they were pretty amazing guys. And thinking back on it now that I think about it, I don't think I had an actual female soccer coach. Yeah. Hmm. So aside from maybe somebody's mom helped out on a team one time. Yeah. But like we have to take a quick break and then right. we'll come back. Sounds good. Hey, Hope, I have the craziest story for you. Okay, what happened? I dreamed I booked a flight for my mom. With Alaska, right? Well, obviously it was a dream, not a nightmare. <laughs> Ooh, you scared me for a second there. Yeah. So in my dream, I was trying to do something nice for her and I thought, I know, I'll give her the world. That seems a little expensive and stop, very stop, Aladdin stop. from it like, the 90s. It is my dream. I'll give her the world with the gift of travel. I can show you the world. <laughs> so listen, in my dream, Michael B. Jordan was an Alaska Airlines oh, flight okay. attendant. This dream just went up yeah, a whole notch. Uh-huh, yep. Can I jump in that dream? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You were in it, and everyone we know was in it. Um, it was amazing, as you can imagine. So he was giving me fruit and cheese plate, and oh. he told me I gave the cheese plate to my the cheese part to my neighbor because you know vegan, but the yeah. fruit was divine. I so I, I told he told me. Did you, did you know you can share your Alaska miles? Did you know that? Michael B. Jordan told me this in my dream. It's $10 <laughs> to share $10,000. Oh, that's not bad at all. That means that after saving up your miles, you could give your mom a round-trip ticket for less than $40 out of pocket. So that's like a really unknown secret, I think, and pretty yeah. amazing. How'd the dream actually end? Well, I woke up before it got really good. Oh, man. But Bummer. Alaska saved the day. I woke up and I shared my miles. That's really smart. I'm so glad it worked out. Hey, to book your next flight... Go to alaskaair.com. We We fly Alaska. And we're back. So (laughs) um, you mentioned a ton of things um, in the last, like, few minutes. And I was wondering, I mean, considering all of the challenges that you're facing in the the coaching role that you do and the students you work with and whatnot, uh, why don't you just give up? Or why don't you just move to a school like Stadium where you have kids who um, are doing soccer at Premier and working club and all that stuff? Um, So why not? You could do that instead. Um, I could do that instead. Um, one, I like teaching at Lincoln um, because, like I was saying before, like I want to not be the person who gets in someone's way. Mm-hmm. If I go mm-hmm. to a stadium 
if I go to Wilson, um, you know, I just feel like it's going to be more like that experience I had in UP. Everyone's like a robot. I've been taught, you know, like, I, of course I get frustrated with, like, classroom management, right? Mm-hmm. Why can't you just be quiet? Why can't you just do what I've asked? But, mm-hmm. like, I would rather have that frustration than the frustration of why are you guys all robots? Um, <laughs> you know, like, there's different experiences. And I think that makes learning better for everyone. You know, mm-hmm. everyone has a different experience, has a different background, mm-hmm. has different ambitions and goals and and different responsibilities. Um, and and I think that that makes your classroom culture better. Mm-hmm. And I think it helps teach things that I can't necessarily teach through my curriculum. Right. Like, mm-hmm. how do you navigate a situation when a when somebody's not following the rules yeah. as a student? You know, like yeah. and I think um I get to I get to learn a lot from kids like I grew up in Tenino full of white people and what what kind of diverse experience could I have there none and so like I get to have that now um teaching at Lincoln um and I also like I said I'm really passionate about working with um ELL students and so I don't under I don't I'm not really sure how this happens, but they don't seem to be going to those schools. Um, yeah. I have to assume that's not a coincidence. What uh, redline neighborhood? What <laughs> weird segregation's real? Um, and so, I just feel like I would lose what I'm actually really passionate about if I moved to a school like that. Mm. I feel like I would be really bored. And as far mm. as coaching goes, like if we're being completely honest, I'm not qualified to to coach at stadium. Mm. Um, and I just don't think I would like it. I like I like working with kids who are learning soccer. Mm, um, yeah. I like teaching technical skills. That's why I really <laughs> like being an assistant coach. I love being an assistant coach. Being yeah. a head coach, I like coaching. I like being a head coach. But it's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. It's a lot of hard work. Yeah. Um, it's a huge time commitment. I get paid for two months of the year coaching, and I work probably seven coaching that's one of the things i think is crazy too is especially you think about building a program Mm -hmm. you spend so much time and energy and i look at that at lincoln i looked at at clover park when i was there um the investment is way more like so much more draining and financially it's just not sustainable and i think about when we have people who are doing really well and then they get pulled off into like other positions right or working at the university like all those are really cool opportunities or when kitna went down to Mm -hmm. texas right but they're able to pay people in a different way Mm -hmm. And the money that they put in is just well, crazy. And honestly, yeah. maybe it's that's a, what it should be the normal. I don't know. It's about respect. Yeah. Like I think about, I think about you know what's gonna what's gonna be the reason that I don't coach anymore. And honestly, it's gonna be because I'm not appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had people in our school go up to my assistant coach and be like, "Wow, you're really doing a, a great job with those girls," and I'm like standing right there. And then I. Shame. I just rolled my eyes also really. For shame. And, and like, I want to scream, but I can't, right? Because yeah. this person's my boss. And, you know, that's not appropriate. Um, and, I, and other teachers yeah. have done it, too. And it's, um, you know, people don't, come, people don't come to our games. Yeah. But how many teachers go to football games? Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and I get it. Like, it's a Friday night. You don't have to work the next day, whatever. So maybe it's that. But let's be real. It's not. Um, mm-hmm. And and it's there's no recognition. And I get that I don't have a lot to be recognized for. Like, we don't win a lot of games. But, like, 
just because we're not winning doesn't mean those girls aren't working just as hard right, as the football it, yeah. players right. or just yeah. as hard as the basketball players or, you know, um, I just feel like they get they get marginalized because not only is it a girl sport, because honestly, if we're going to look at it, the girls basketball team doesn't get enough recognition right. either. Yeah. True. And they're phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, like, they get marginalized because they're girls and because what? They're not they don't have natural born athletic talent like. Yeah. Yeah, what are we talking about? Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. So that stuff kind of frustrates me, and by kind I mean really frustrates me <laughs> a lot, um, yeah. and makes me really sad. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so like, yeah, because I've had multiple people in the school say really offhand things like that to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's the thing that will make me walk away. Mm-hmm. Is like, how much of my life can I give up? How much of my time can I give up? How much of and, like, I invest a lot of my own personal money into the program right. because when I got right. there, there's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all the pennies and cones we use are from are my personal, yeah. you know, like. And so we did some fundraising last year and I was able to buy buy some stuff. But it's like I don't have the manpower that, like, the football team has. There's 110 kids, right? Yeah, so they sure. have yeah. – just you know, physical people. They just have more yeah. people, right? And, and so, they if have any listeners are listening too. and are interested in donating um, to support to girls soccer, girls Lincoln soccer, girls soccer at Lincoln, um, what are some ways that they could do that? <clears throat> um, if they they can send checks directly to the school, yep. um, care of girls soccer. Um, that's probably the easiest way. Okay. If they want to cool. contact me and talk about other not so easy ways, that would be fine too. Um, yeah. They can contact me, direct message me through Twitter. Um, yeah. Is CM there like underscore a, Peterson. Is there also like um, rules about people who say they want to go on Amazon and purchase like a, some stuff that you need, right? Nope. There are no rules. They can donate materials, money, time. Mm-hmm. I'm always looking for volunteers. Um, totally. And so like because – the more people I have, the the better quality one-on-one coaching people can have. Yeah. I'm always looking for volunteers. Right. Um, it'd be really great if you know stuff about soccer um, and can pass a background check. Uh, just, <laughs> you need to do that part. Yeah. That's that important. Part. That, part's <laughs> that part matters um, the most. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, anything like that, cool. you know. Um, I just think, you know, people aren't always willing to get involved with girls' sports as much as they are mm-hmm. boys' sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we need to we need to stop that. We need yeah, to fight absolutely. that, right? And and challenge. And I think if like I think about my own like role and the way that I talk about things and our listeners too, right? That part mm-hmm. of that this work is being introspective and then trying to make those little changes. Mm-hmm. So if you're right. someone who's accidentally said some quote unquote accidentally said something in the hallway or didn't even realize that that's what's happening, yeah. you're perpetuating these inequalities right. and issues. Then you might as well like start with those things, right? Even yeah. even other coaches. Have and they're joking. I know they're joking when they say it. Hashtag my bestie shawls. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll make offhand comments about like how we don't win and stuff. But like that's like deeply personal to me. Yeah. Like yeah. I've dedicated all my free time to this, and yeah. like I get that you're joking, but like it's still personal. You know, it's very yeah. personal, right? Definitely. So I'm wondering about. Can you speak a little bit about um, also being an interchangeable white lady in an interchangeable white lady field teaching, except that you're in the sciences, which is there's not. Le- there's not really the a same. lot of IWLs in the sciences. Um, yeah. So I actually never had a female science teacher until I was in college, which and. Shout out to Darcy Bopegadera at Evergreen State College. Hey, the, nice. like, most phenomenal science teacher. I've awesome. Professor, instructor, like, genuine teacher in the sense of, like, the word, right? Um, like, she made me want to be a, be a teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, I never, you know, in high school, all of our science teachers were male. Um, 
and they were great. Like mm-hmm. they, I had a great science teachers. They let me explore my curiosities. Right, I'd be like what what would happen if I do this? And they'd be like, "That's a terrible idea. You can do it. Just clean up after yourself." <laughs> like, um, and so I think about that. You know, now as a woman, a white woman teaching in front of a room full of not white kids, mm-hmm. uh, and you know. There's not a lot of opportunity in science typically. Well, some people would say there's not a lot of opportunity to, like, bring social justice issues into the classroom. Yeah. Um, but I try. Yeah. Um, I try to do things, you know, like um, talk about scientists maybe people haven't heard of that happen to be people of color. Um like last year I got to bring Hakeem Alouche in and and that was really cool and I think that was really cool for a lot of like um, I think it was really cool for all of our students but you know specifically for some of our African American male students like hey here's this like really strong like cool dude who does science that like kind of grew up in a rough neighborhood and made some bad choices and dropped out of school but like still you know figured his shit out Mm -hmm. um and I try to make my classroom not focus on me. Like it's not about me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and I and I just address it. Like I know I'm just some old white lady up here telling you, you know, how life is. Yeah. So you're um, honest about you that. You know, yeah. like yeah, I don't know everything. And I tell kids, I share a little bit about myself with kids because if I'm asking them to share, yep. you know, personal details about their lives with me, the least I can do is share a little bit about myself. And so, yep. like, kids know, you know, about my mom. Yeah which is a drug addict, and they know that, like, mm-hmm. I grew up pretty poor. Um, and so, like, I think, and I'm also really honest, I said, so, like, I know what it's like to have those kinds of struggles, mm-hmm. um, but there's nothing in my life that I could ever understand the experience mm-hmm. of being a person of color in America. Mm-hmm. I just can't. I can empathize, yep. and I can try to understand, yeah. and, and you know, and I can advocate for you, and I'm on your side, but, like, I'm never going to understand what that's like, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to pretend to. Yeah. Um, and I think that students respect that. Um, and when the conversations do come up, you know, like I try to bring in like, you know, modern articles or modern things that people are doing in science or like I read read them stories about like um, what's his name? William Com- Kambwaka. I'm saying his name all wrong. You know, the 14-year-old Malawian boy who built a mm-hmm. freaking windmill oh, for yeah. his village, oh, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. Like, hey, look. People your age, people who look like you, yeah. are doing really cool stuff. Yeah. Um, I try to to just be cognizant of that and, like, that there are different languages spoken and, and bring that into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. You know, like, I think I'm an okay teacher. Mm-hmm. I think I'm okay mm-hmm. with kids. I think I could always be better. Yeah. Um, I, I think, think that's, the, that's the key, right? Because, like, if you think that you've, you've done everything and you're the you're good – you're not. You're not. Yeah. It's like if you think you're woke. You're yeah. Not, yeah. That's you know? quite true. Well, and that's just it, right? I mean, I, I think that's part of it. Like you, you've been. You can be honest about like I'm good at this, or I'm good at this thing, or I'm working to be better yeah. at these things. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It's like not an arrival point. Mm-hmm. Right. You're constantly growing, and we should be because it's that arrival right. point. Uh, if, you're at, if you realize, realize you're at your, if you think you're at your arrival point, you are mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, and then when those questions arise like you know after the election like there are some really like passionate students who wanted to talk about it and I was like look we can talk about this but it's going to be very emotional for a lot of people you know and just providing a space for people to talk and like monitoring it so everyone feels like you know they're they get heard or that their feelings are important um and like 
not not saying like this is science we shouldn't be talking about this right because right. like this is their real lives um and like i've been called a racist a couple times you know sometimes i've been called racist to white people because apparently allowing these conversations is <laughs> an issue You're i racist. guess yeah. so can you talk um really quickly about like how do you, what's your quick go-to quick go-to your <laughs> how do you handle that when a kid calls you racist because i think there's a lot of white teachers that struggle with that would you mind speaking to that just like a little bit like, i don't yeah, know like if my response is appropriate um <laughs> Because I say you're, you're still finessing it, yeah. <laughs> like, because I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. That's why I work here. I'm just trying to take you all down one at a time, you know. Like, what, if, the white I, racist agenda. Well, like, yeah. and I just feel like you know, denial is never the right way, right? Yeah, like, you can't if I just get defensive, like, yeah. I like, and I try to understand, like, if a kid is actually calling me that, like, genuinely thinking that, yeah. I try to understand where it's coming from because, like, I really want to be reflective of like did i do something or say something that would like genuinely yeah, make, make a kid feel that way because i don't want a kid to feel that yeah, way no definitely not. um and usually like i i've not had kids say it to me usually it's their parents so mm. um and, and so they don't have that same relationship that you've mm-hmm. had and been working with all your right. own so that's mm-hmm. an interesting and like difference. honestly they usually don't say it to me they like just complain about me to like my boss <laughs> so yeah, yeah. like the person mm. the person who said i was being racist to white people um because i said something about how most mass shooters happen to be white males. Yeah. But Which that's is just a, a statistic. Uh, that's so. a statistical <laughs> so, fact. Those are facts, but, you know. Yeah. Fake um, news. So yeah. we actually have to wrap up, sadly. Oh, no. Uh, can what? we really quickly go to our guilty favesies Guilty segment? favesies. Interchangeable. White ladies. So My, yeah, you In this ahead. segment, a guilty yeah. favesies is something that you maybe feel a little bit of guilt about, but you also, like, it's your favorite and you love it, too. Um, so, Annie, you want to start with I, yours? Yeah. So my guilty favesie is white bread. What? Especially like English muffins, like the extra crispy English muffins. Wait, are they vegan? Yeah, the ones from Fred Meyer are vegan. Okay. Yeah, they're nutritionally deficient. I wouldn't even say they're <laughs> so nutritionally gross. deficient. I would say they're just basically the same like calories and carbohydrates probably is just corrugated cardboard. But mm. um, Like a cup of noodle. Yeah, exactly. Zero <laughs> nutritional value. Ooh, yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's like white bread, like English face. muffins or... Um, Another variety of white bread I like is like the the French loaf from like Albertsons. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I yeah. used to eat a lot of that with mm-hmm. some diet coke. Thanks, Are we talking Dad, like just like, like a French <laughs> loaf of bread? Like yeah, yeah. So especially I li- hot. I lived in my car for like yeah. a year my, when I was yeah. going to college, and I would just buy one of those a week, mm-hmm. and that's what I ate. Yeah, yeah. And that's... and like a jug of Sunny D. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, Super so, nutritional. So I'm pretty sure I had scurvy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your guilty favesies? I don't know what my guilty favesies is. Probably like. I mean, I don't feel guilty about it, though. Like, I just eat a ton of sugar, like candy all the time. Like, I think I have two bags of Skittles on my counter right now. Like, why why am I in a Kit Kat? Like, and I'm I'm like, I'm not going to eat sugar. I'm not going to eat sugar. But it's like I'm addicted to it like crack. Maybe like. (laughs) That's a good one. Like TV show. Like, I still watch Grey's Anatomy. Like, I guess I, I, that's probably my guilty faves. Is like, I'm like 13 seasons and I can't like quit. Like, I I really wish they would end the show. I think I give up at like like season five. So, yeah, that's pretty, that's a commitment. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'll just be quick, although it's hard when it's about ketchup because (laughs) I know that ketchup is really bad for you. You could talk your love affair with ketchup all day. It is, yeah. And really, it stems from my dad again, like with those ketchup on everything. Although I'm not as crazy with him about ketchup on anything. Like, we joke, he like, my mom's like, I don't even bother like cooking a good piece of meat because he's just going to put ketchup on it it's fine and he'll love it and he loves it and it's enjoyable yeah so i definitely love ketchup on pretty much 
Yeah. I, I think everything. it's hard not to find something that ketchup is good on. And yeah. I definitely get yelled at by um, Nerd Farm about <laughs> enabling, uh, about putting ketchup on pizza, especially oh, because oh, I know. See, some people yeah. see it's gross, but I'm like, there's already sauce on it. It's the same thing. It's yeah. just like more sauce. My wife also right, loves so ketchup. You should talk about Doug's that. Doug's jug- judging me from the back. Oh, Doug. Scrambled eggs. Yeah. Pizza. No. Well, <laughs> all the things. All the things. Except sweet things. Um, all right. And then last segment. Do your fudging homework. Interchangeable. White ladies. So what recommendations, things people should do, um, our listeners, I would definitely recommend supporting the Lincoln Girls Soccer or Lincoln Soccer as a whole. Mm-hmm. Please um, reach out to us. We'll put some emails in our show notes. Perfect. And so you can reach out. And maybe we can get like an Amazon wish list set up or something for the, the fall and people could just yeah, buy and send it to cool. school. That would be yeah. awesome. We want your team to be outfitted with amazing things so that they feel awesome. Loved. Yeah, and loved. Homework. Um, my homework is for you to uh, find some female coaches on mm-hmm. Twitter and follow them, support them, retweet them. Uh, you could start by following me at CM underscore Peterson on the Twitters. Um, but we need support. We need, like, and genuine support. Don't just, like, go do it so you control someone. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know... Uh, women are pretty powerful and we're pretty insightful human beings. And, yep. you know, like these books are filled with quotes from great male coaches of all time. But like women mm. are pretty badass, too. So, yeah. you know, if we got support and we are represented um, appropriately, I think, you know, one day books will be filled with co- quotes from us. So awesome. Sweet. Yeah. Um, I would say I actually heard about Positive Coaching Alliance from probably another podcast, but it's a resource online where you can get a bunch of um a lot of free resources about coaching and I actually found it to be really helpful as a teacher. So anyone out there who works with young people or even works with the public in any capacity, you should go check it out because there's a lot of stuff about relationship and community building that um, at first I thought it was kind of culty. It was like, oh, Positive Coaching Alliance, right? And oh, I, yeah, I yeah. thought it was a little strange. There's like some yoga coaching. Yeah, exactly. And, and then I thought if I like clicked on stuff that they would make me pay for it, but it's yeah. actually a lot of free resources and cool. thinking about coaching as a teacher and mm-hmm. how you coach kids up. Um, I've been really inspired by Kat and how she coaches girls on and off the field, boys on and off the field and like how like that's been it's like her her passion so for me that's like go do it like go what does it mean to be a good coach in the classroom or on the field or wherever it is that you work with people Kat, thanks for coming on the show. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been so much fun. Yay. And go listen to Flounder's B Team. Of course. Uh, yep. Flounder's yeah. B Team podcast. The one female voice on the show. Yes. Nice. Bye. Bye. The Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is part of the Channel 253 Network. Listen to our other podcasts like Move to Tacoma, Citizen Tacoma, Nerd Farmer, Crossing Division, Taco Man, and Flounder's B Team. Because I used to volunteer at a fire department and like... Don't give it all away right no, now. No, I'm not, but I'm saying like... <laughs> like Shoot, I worked in a quarry. Let me tell oh, you. Shit. Yeah, seriously. Ugh. Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We, we fly, fly Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.